You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject coming up for you is Aaron Pauly from the outfit of Mice and Men. The reason for the chat is to talk about the group's new EP. It's out now. Well, tomorrow. Today's the 25th of February. It'll be out on the 26th. So by the time many of you listen to this, it'll already be out there. Should say what it's called too, shouldn't I? It's called Timeless. So let's have a listen to what Aaron has to say. Here we go. Hey, how you doing? Hi, mate. How's things? Good, good. Just uh, in the middle of moving, so up to my eyeballs and cardboard. Jesus, so <laughs> you, you, you've got this on at the moment, and you, you the meaning the interviews, the, the phone grinders or the video grinders or whatever we're going to call them these days on top of doing my most deplorable task, the most deplorable task I can think of myself, which is moving house. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it's not an enviable uh, process. I haven't had anybody hit me up being like, damn, I wish I was doing that. No. And that's when, you know, those mates, it might've been in the past when you shouted them a night out or something like that. They say, oh, I'll pay you back one day, you know, I'll help you do something. And this is those moments in time when you go, Hey, I actually need some help. And, you know, they don't look at Messenger or something. You know, they're conveniently quiet. <laughs> well, I hired movers. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to do it, though, haven't you? My, my wife enjoys doing stuff like that. I can't stand it. I mean, I'll move into a house, but packing everything up, I'd rather just chuck stuff out, to be honest with you, and start again. A lot of stuff gets thrown out. Oh, yes. Yeah. So how have the how have the, the interviews been going for you? Because I take it you've been doing this for a week or so now, a bit longer maybe. Yeah, they've been fun. It's it's always fun to talk about music with people who care about music because I think it's it takes a certain type of individual to devote their life uh, to journalism, let alone you know covering music. So it's always fun. You're literally in 600 plus interviews that I've done. You're the first person to mention that. I want to congratulate you on mentioning that because I've got to tell you, I mean, it's it's some days it's not easy, not because I don't love doing it, but no, it's because it's it's your passion. And anytime you start making a living or feeding yourself doing the thing you love, it fundamentally changes your relationship with it. But yeah. it's it doesn't really change the underlying passion or the or the the thing that kind of makes your ears perk up. You know, gets that little spark in your brain going. Agreed. Yeah, and and the other thing I'll say is, majority of my interviews have been with people such as yourself, near headline status worthy bands, this sort of thing. And I've got to say, everybody to a person has been so cool there's like this brotherhood and sisterhood with heavy music isn't there oh absolutely i think it's um it's built around um you know i think it's an outlet for aggression it's an outlet for loneliness it's an outlet for uncertainty um it's 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 uh it's an outlet it's a creative outlet it's a form of expression and i think it uh as the cliche goes, you know, music is the universal language. Well, language is for communicating and people that speak that same language without necessarily understanding why they relate to something. It's kind of all about that connection. You know, it's not music's not so much about what you hear when you're not a musician. When you're a musician, you get to listen to music uh, and you kind of get the mathematics sort of side of it, you know, and that's kind of right. like a special treat. But music, for the most part, I don't think people listen to as much as they feel you know yeah i just wrote a press release for a band last night where i said more or less what you've just said then different phrasing but and that's the thing we relate to it in a very similar way and if we we can understand how other people relate to music and look that's a that's i'll talk about your new ep now because 
this is your third this is your third venture with you singing and playing bass. So I've got to mm -hmm. commend you on that because I, I play, I too play Thank bass you. and, and I try to sing and I watched you perform at download down in Melbourne in 2018. And I've got to tell that you, that was one a of the, fun show. That was a fun show. Well, well, two points on that. The first thing was, I thought that it only started to feel like a festival when you guys got up on stage. I've got to say, and that's no disrespect to the bands that came before you, but the level of, professionalism and the your seasoned uh, festival veterans and that shone through okay and then of course sabaton came on i think after you guys over on the stage next year and that's when it just kicked off it was like hey we're in <laughs> with, with the big ass tank <laughs> i don't think i don't <laughs> think they brought the tank down i think we we tend to get and i, and I joked with eric danielson from watain about this we tend to get the ramones version of the production down in australia because it costs so oh much yeah because <laughs> for sure yeah, I, I remember that once we we did a fest, we did a bunch of festivals with uh, Sabaton, I think like a, a couple of years ago. And I just remember one time rolling up to the stage and I was just like, what is that? And it's like, it's a full blown tank drum riser. And yep. it is the coolest thing to see. It's like, man, like, I want that. Andy, how do we get a tank? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've spoken to Par about that. I actually had a chat to him when he was stuck in Moscow when COVID first hit and they were touring Russia. And I spoke to him about that exact thing, meaning the tank side of things. And I think I said something along the lines of Judas Priest might have their Harley, but you guys have got a tank and nobody beats a tank. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Except maybe except maybe Amonomarth's dragons. They I have dragons yeah. that they have dragons that they wheel out that shoot fire out their mouth. And I'm like, yeah. damn. And all, all we have is like, I'm looking around. I'm like, we have risers and we've got <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> but that but was, I think, it, but, but it, I think it's all about the energy you put out. Yeah. I think when, when we all step on stage, there's a very sort of intense energy that we feel. And then it doesn't even necessarily come about like in rehearsal and practice as much, but there's just like this, like put it down sort of like feeling and, uh, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Mm, we do too. Trust me. Uh, it was something I'm in my forties these days and my gig going days, I wouldn't say they're behind me, but they're few and far between with commitments to children and professional stuff and all the rest of it. And uh, meaning that I, I can't help but go to a gig and have a few bevies. It's your outlet. It's like going to the football <laughs> and having a hot dog. It's what you do there. If you don't drink anywhere else, you drink at the venues, this, this sort of thing when the bands are playing. And without that, you don't have part of your outlet and you feel like, part of you is missing but uh look i just want to come back to a point i was making earlier uh about playing bass and singing at the same time because that's what i noticed about your download performance is the intensity that you bring to the show because i wasn't to be honest i wasn't familiar with the band with your previous singer i've only got to know you guys with mm -hmm. you up front but the the bass lines that you are playing these days in combination with the vocal cadence you're using my only question for you is how are you fucking doing it? Because it's, it's intense and it's, you're on point though. I haven't played, I hadn't played bass live since the middle of, I think 2019 when I had to have uh -huh. surgery on my back. Okay. Uh, a, a lot of it uh, like, and, and it's funny cause you're the second person that asked me today about the bass, bass and vocals. The truth is I practice both a lot, not together. I don't ever practice playing and singing together but I practice the vocal lines and I practice the bass parts. And when I was playing bass live, I would just go on stage and I would turn the part of my brain that is not autopilot. I would just disconnect that. And I would 
allow autopilot to kind of take over the technical side of it. And, you know, whatever my hand is doing or whatever my mouth and throat is doing. And it was like, a lot of times it, it felt like I was kind of the foreman just observing and making sure that I was doing the right thing. But as soon as I would try and consciously think about what I was playing or consciously think about what I was singing, I'd mess it up. <laughs> so a lot of it is just, is just, you, you drill it, you drill it, you drill it. And then when you go on stage, your hands, your hands just fly where they're supposed to, because you've put in the work enough. And as soon as I put the human element back in it, I mess it up. <laughs> I'm hearing you loud and clear because, as I say, I do something similar, and uh, it's I, I just haven't put in the hours that I suppose you've the tens, if not thousands, of hours that you've had to do alongside of the live performance. But it's, yeah, if you're thinking, you're stinking. I think Alex from Cannibal Corp said that stuff. You should be when you're performing. You should be thinking about the brand of beer you want to drink and the type of pizza you want to order afterwards. That's actually the only thinking you should be doing. <laughs> that's actually that's not that is not an unwise statement. I think if you if you can get to a point where you're thinking more about how the show is connecting rather than technically what you are doing in that moment, then I think mm. you're not losing you're not losing the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? If you mm. start focusing on every little myopic thing that you're doing, you'll end up missing the fact that like there's kind of a greater importance than like technically impressing somebody or by singing something perfectly. I've seen a lot of like perfect performances that didn't really like move me or do you know what i'm sure that the performer intended i think it's 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 because it's a conversation you have to make sure that you're not just orating you have to make sure that you're listening and receiving what the audience is giving you too otherwise you're just grandstanding you know you're soapboxing you're not actually having a dialogue yeah you're not trying to connect with people i get that and i get no. i get you do that almost better than anybody else out there at the moment these days actually so Look, I, I have heard two songs from Time uh, from Timeless. So I've heard Obsolete in the title track, and look, and they're on point. And I have done a comparison between the band of the past and the band now, and I feel like you're a lot heavier, and it's a lot more intense, and it's more direct, which is of course going to mm -hmm. connect with people faster. But I guess my question for you after that statement is that: Do you feel a sense of relief, accomplishment, or is it just something else when you look at the band's journey over the past five years, and now that you've arrived at this point with the EP? Um, I think, at least for me personally, I feel like I've rounded a corner where the accomplishment comes more intrinsically, you know, than external validation. I've got to a point where the hilariously mean comments make me laugh instead of like wound me. <laughs> and I've got, you know, I think you get to a point, you get to a point where, um, you understand that it's not a, it's not, you shouldn't really worry too much about what the result is going to be from what you're doing. But if you just worry about the intent behind what you're doing more so than the result, you, you'll usually end up getting close to the results you want. You know, it's kind of like if you're firing a bow and arrow, don't, it, it, it's not as important to focus on the target or where the target's at than it is to focus on what your own hands are doing at first. You know, and I think that um, that sort of philosophy kind of extends to that. I had a chat to Tino at the, oh, I think it was on the eve of the release of Defy. It might have even been a couple of months beforehand. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't sound nervous, though, about what was ahead of you guys because it was the first album with you singing. And mm -hmm. um, you guys must have had a lot of faith in each other that you could do this because I can't, how many bands can you remember of switch singers 
and it's gone from mediocre to worse. But with you guys, I feel like, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, I feel like you're a stronger unit these days. Thanks, man. I think, you know, it, we knew that music was going to be how we were going to get through any sort of adversity or challenge that we were going to face. If something comes up and we have the ability to create music, that's usually where we find a lot of our selves is through those creative endeavors and stuff. I feel like, um, the biggest thing for us was it wasn't, you know, we have a lot of trust and faith in each other. And we also have a lot of trust and faith in our fans. And again, we weren't worried about the result of whether or not our fans going to like this. Is the band still going to be viable? Are we not going to get the same sort of live opportunities anymore? Are we going to like see a decline um, we didn't really worry about that. We just worried about our intention. And for us, the most pure intention of continuing the band was, you know, this means a lot to a lot of people and it means a lot to us. And if we feel like we can put in the due diligence to not only uphold the legacy of what these live songs mean, because you don't want to be a karaoke band. You don't want to go on stage and it's just a, a shell of what it means to other people. You know, you don't want to, um, we didn't want to tarnish the legacy at all like that. And so we put in a lot of work and then realized, you know, like we do got this, you know? And so it's just about, um, there is no weak link in the chain, you know, everybody makes sure that, that we, you know, when we are feeling a little weak that we make sure that we, uh, that we reach out. It's a, it's a very, like very, very, very tight core unit mentioned something earlier about the feedback i suppose you'd call it that comments trolling virtually the same thing <laughs> and i and i imagine near to 100 of that to a margin of an error would be over social media toward you literally nobody would say the things that you probably read over social media oh. to your face. <laughs> no because it would be entirely unnecessary <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's 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 easy when it's when you can treat music or art like yelp and you just leave a yelp review i didn't like it <laughs> Oh, I hope the chef sees this. <laughs> it's like, you know, but I'm not, I'm not the chef and I don't care. <laughs> and, and the best, most like ridiculous or like vile or mean, those get screenshotted and sent to the group chat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. And, you know, at the same time, it's, I don't take myself so seriously that I'm like above somebody trolling me. I think it's hilarious personally, you know, it's, and granted, I'm not, I, I haven't at all, I feel like been subjected to like online abuse or anything like that. So there's definitely like extremes of that, but you know, but somebody leaving a, a funny, hateful, mean comment, you know, about this, this is dog shit, you know, or something just, mm -hmm. it just makes me, it just makes me laugh. And it, it's, it's, it's just a blessing that anybody would talk about it in the first place. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that somebody would think, oh, this is a good use of my time to write this here. It obviously means that you're doing something, you know, that somebody wants to talk about positively or negatively. So it's, 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 it's cool to just be, even be in my thirties and still be a part of any conversation to do with music, you know? Oh God. Yeah. Especially with COVID now. So that's the question for you is how did you guys concoct the songs on the EP? Was it zoom <laughs> this zoom? <laughs> Because now you can Zoom, people can be on their uh, their DAWs, which is short for Digital Audio Workstation, which is like Pro Tools, or we use Logic 
Um, and you can just work. You can work remotely. You can take control of somebody else's computer and drag around stuff. And, you know, for, for this EP, we all, um, everybody, you know, we, we, we song wrote together. Uh, we handled a lot of like what you would call like production together in terms of like, you know, the songwriting, the recording, things like that. Um, and then I did the mixing and mastering. So it was something we all just did in house and it was, uh, it was a cool creative process. If you did the mixing and mastering, then I'll commend you again for that, because that was one of the notable aspects of this EP is. Oh, thank you. It, it sounds crystal clear. And I always use the, the iPhone as the uh, barometer, if you like. Oh, yeah. Because if you can hear it over there and you can hear it like the del- the difference or the delta between how it sounds with these in or the great pair of headphones and over the iPhone is, I don't think the mix has done a great job to be quite frank, because it's, you lose a lot of the nuance and we like to listen to music on the go, like in the car. A hundred percent. My, so, one of the biggest tests I do is I play it on a tiny little speaker and I walk in the other room and I go, can I hear enough of this that if I didn't know what it was, I'd be interested enough to try and find out. And there's like, it's, it's, but yeah, the iPhone how many people will listen to a song for the first time on their phone? That's something I check, you know, and that's a lot to do with mixing, a lot to do with mastering. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm in a band with incredibly talented people that can send me great audio to work with. Um, And it's cool because at the same time, you know, there weren't studios open. The studio that we've done the last, you know, couple or the studio that we did Earth and Sky in, um, Hybrid Studios, is closed now. Um, Josh Wilbur still does like work out of his spot, but with lockdowns and COVID and stuff, it's like we kind of turned to our old skill sets. I used to produce bands like before I was ever in of Mice and Men as like a side job when I was in my old band. So to kind of like rely on old tools, it, it felt a little bit. Um, it felt a little bit like. I don't know, like primordial in a way where it's like, you have to use your, you have to use your creativity in order to survive. You know, I just, I did an interview where I just talked about that. Somebody asked me, they said, what's one piece of advice you give to people? And I'd say, honestly, like find something creative to do and just spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day doing that. Cause there's an ancient part of our reptilian brain that needs to be creative in order to survive. That's where, that's why we got out of the caves, you know, and like built civilizations and stuff. But now we're at a point where technologically everything is pretty set, you know, for the most part, if you're watching this, there's a good chance you have access to clean water, to food, to shelter, to security. You're you're not fighting off wild animals. Well, actually in in Australia, you do, you guys have the most uh, uh, wild, uh, I think it's like the most deadly animals, right? On the planet. Without a doubt. Yeah, I've, I've checked that actually. And uh, I don't think we understand. We, we are so used to it. So there will be like literally just this week gone, we've had rain. And of course, when it finishes raining, I live near the cane fields. So I don't know what the yeah. equivalent would be, maybe Florida or something like that in the United States. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you see snakes on the road. They slither away when you're driving past. And they're, they're uh, Eastern Browns. Uh, they're not tight. Taipans are the worst. They're up north. They are yeah. thought to be naturally aggressive, instinctually aggressive. Oh, yeah. Um, in Sydney, you've got which is built on a sandstone plateau, Sydney funnelweb spider, which is effectively a dinosaur, and one of yeah. the most lethal killing machines. Certainly, the power to weight ratio and those things is is unsurpassed, and mm-hmm. crocodiles and shit, and largely. But that's I think I was talking to Kurt from Metal Church about this because he asked why we don't basically live above 
the tropics and I said, it's, it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. We just can't. Like, it's why Darwin's only got 110,000 people or something like that. And it, you yeah. just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, and the drop bears. The drop bears. Yes. The mythical <laughs> drop bears. Yeah. I, know, I, love I remember how... the first, I remember the first time I, the first time I ever went to Oz, one of the first things somebody warned me about was the drop bears. And I was like, Hmm, doesn't sound real. However, I'm not going to rule it out because we're in Australia. And I like, I seen, uh, you guys have like the, what are like the orb weavers that end up being like size yeah. of your, your face. Yeah. Those ones. <laughs> yes, indeed we do. Yeah. The spiders, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the good, the, the good news is that if a spider is generally, you can see it, it's, it's harmless despite how big yeah. it is. It's the ones that you can't see that'll kick your ass. So the ones the that ones you step on or that are in your shoe, like the recluses. And you guys do have recluses, right? And so reclu- are they black widows or uh, is it different uh, recluses? Similar. Or? You know what? Maybe they don't have, maybe you guys don't have them, but like, no, recluse spiders, they're, they're uh, just really venomous, but they're, it's not like a black widow that's neurotoxin. It's, uh, it causes like necrotizing fasciitis. So they bite you and then you kind of like rot around it. We call really like really yeah yeah really really nasty things but yeah, i don't know you know it's and, it, and it's it's <laughs> you know in, in and even in discussing things like that it's a blessing that i get to be inside and create music and talk about things like art because i could just as easy you know be having to hunt for food or building shelter or something so i think it's important to exercise that part of your brain that that needs to be creative to feel fulfilled as a as a creature on this planet, you know, you raise a great point there, which is that you might have access to all of these, these, these great features and characteristics of civilization, but you are a born musician. And by saying that you need to be able to tour. So it must be having a huge impact on, on you all, the band I'm talking about as it is with every other significant touring act. So I, I enter this question or otherwise, honestly, there's no, never any pressure with we on my show effectively, but um how diff, how tough is it at the moment financially for you guys through this period? Um, we, you know, we've been blessed to have a long time ago, um, due to health concerns, we, you know, with, with our former singer, we changed a lot of our business model to not be super heavy involved in touring. But I mean, you're talking about, you know, income losses of, 150%, you know, of, of what you would typically, the revenues you would generate, you know, and we were, we were a band that put a lot of money that we made from touring back into the tour, back into production, into crew and things like that. So, um, but it's rough. It's, it's rough because there is so, it's such a narrow sort of outlet of expression in terms of like, I think it's driven us to be more creative in the music we make because we don't have that outlet of expression through live music. But I can say that um, it's much harder for bands that are just starting their careers. It's much harder for people that are like full-time touring uh, uh, techs and things like that. You know, it's uh, it sucks. And I think at the same time, once it's safe to do so and uh, things start reopening, I think live music is going to have such a live moment and it's going to see such a huge resurgence because people all over the world kind of, it's one of those things that's always there. It's like the movie theater or the bowling alley. It's always there. So you take it for granted and then it's closed for a year. And I like, 
the only time I go bowling is like on my birthday, but I want to go to the bowling alley. I want to buy a pitcher of beer and just suck at bowling, you know, <laughs> like it's, uh, and I think a lot of people with live music, especially are really kind of pining for it. So I think it'll be, it'll be a really cool thing when it comes back once it's safe to do so, of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Would the EP have come about if it weren't for COVID? Uh, definitely. There definitely would have been new music because we always are always working on music. There's not a time where we're not. Um, I think it probably, it would have, everything would have been different. Like just everything about everything. So it's hard to say, but um, no, I mean, our, our, our creative output, I feel like would it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say what the schedule would look like. It's hard to say how much time we'd have to sit and work on things, you know, or when things would be scheduled. Cause a lot of time that's what dictates it, you know? Um, so it's kind of, it's, um, a bit antithetical to be a full-time touring band. And now it's like, Oh, well now you're actually a full-time studio musician. So do that. It's like, Oh, okay. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the fun part. Touring's the hard part. Touring's hard. It's hard. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your mental health. It's hard on just your back. (laughs) So, um, but I think everything in life is a certain bittersweetness to it. And I think that with the bitter comes the sweet and you have to decide what flavor you're going to focus on because you're always going to have the bitter and you're always going to have the sweet there. And I think for me, for us as a band, it was as soon as we realized there wasn't going to be touring, it was like, all right, let's all get our studios all set up. Let's all get our, our zooms all interconnected. Let's get the software going and let's like, let's do this thing, you know, because what else are we going to do? Such a great way to end the call from the perspective of that advice you're giving to people. Life is what you make of it. Take a growth mindset and be as positive as you can, no matter what the outlook is. And I think you guys have, are, 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 living, are a living example of that through Timeless. And I host a podcast series, so if it's cool, I'll release our audio for the podcast. But um, I think some people at the moment, of course, uh, you know, we, we aren't really, I'm not saying we're not affected by the lockdowns, but we've had minimal ones here, thank God. Mm-hmm. People in the, I know people in the United States who listen, which is well over half of the audience that I have, and a lot of people in Europe, they've been suffering through this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Using drugs and alcohol in order to escape, I'm sure. And uh, oh, yeah. I think I think if you can, and, and something else you said through there, just that 15 minutes of creativity every day, just find something. Find something that gives you a bit of an outlet so as a, you're not so, it gives you some insulation from what's going on. Yeah, and it, it's something I think that, ties us to the past as a species that there is a part of our brain that is crucial to our survival that in this day and age doesn't need to be exercised for survival you know and i think that it's it's some it's something that's very at least for me personally is very grounding um which that to me is what i need a lot of times like i i need to not be in my head philosophizing about things i need to be like outside doing you know the verb do is really important i think people need to do and i think people need to do with creativity absolutely agreed yeah sage words wise advice mate thanks so much for the conversation truly i made all i made all that up it's actually i made it all up it's meaningless (laughs) doesn't mean a damn thing
<laughs> well, t- t- people can take it as they will. I think it's great advice regardless. Um, but look, uh, look, congratulations, seriously, on, a, on, a, on an epic career so far and, and stepping up as you did. That's That sort of stuff is what I say to people. Hey, you don't think you can do it? I'm sure you knew you could do it beforehand, but if anybody has any doubts, they've just got to look at what you've done from a musical perspective and apply that in other aspects of their life where they might need to step up too. Just focus on the intention because you can't do anything to affect the outcome as much as you can to affect the intention of why you're doing something. Uh, and I appreciate, man, uh, like seriously, your words are humbling. It's, it's easy to feel, um, and they're validating. It's easy to feel, uh, the only reason I ever like made music or put songs out in the world ever was because it's my way of, it's my message in a bottle. That's my communication. That's the language I speak. And to hear that it resonates with you and that it resonates with other people, like that's, all you can ask for, all, all entertainment does, the only reason why entertainment exists is to try and just alleviate a little bit of human suffering. And I think one of the biggest things, one of, one of the worst things that a human being can feel is alone or feeling isolated. And I think if music can break down that boundary and just aid in suffering just a little bit, then it's awesome because music did that for me. And it's, and at the same time, that's not like a super altruistic thing. I'm not a saint for doing that. It's just, it's as a human being, that's all you, that's all you kind of want, right? It's just some sort of connection. So it's awesome that it's connected and I cannot wait to come back and talk about the next EP once it's done. It's, it's honestly, it's like, it's, it's really crazy. Like I just tell people all the time, like you can honestly do anything and it's, you could as you know as long as you have the willpower that sounds so cliche i sound like a gi joe cartoon or something but it's like it's kind of true it's um and i think some of the best uh like the best version of clarity that i ever have is while i'm doing something creative you know because there's other parts of your brain that are activated but I don't know. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that have done that through quarantine. You know, there's a lot of people that have like redecorated their homes or learned to cook or done other things. And I think it's a perspective is everything because you can't control what's going to happen. Human beings, we have one tiny little thing we control and it's this little lens that we got that we get to focus on either the light things in the frame or the dark things in the frame. And it's up to us to keep that in focus, you know, keep what we decide in focus because it's always, there's always negative in everything. You know, I just moved into a wonderful new apartment and one of the first things that happened is it flooded and then I stepped on a broken glass and it's like, there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be bullshit. The yin and the egg. (laughs) You just got to focus on the positives. It's like, there's always going to be negatives and it's, that's not any kind of existence I want to live, but I do plenty. I do plenty of negativity. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of positivity out there, brother. So uh, look, I'll, I'll wrap things up. I've got to head to the next one. Actually, ten because these mornings yeah. break full on, you know. But there um, you go. Hey, but uh, look, thanks so much for the conversation, and uh, good luck with everything. And no doubt, I'll be in touch in the near future if we don't chat. Thank you. Due to another fantastic release. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, we will chat absolutely. Thanks for covering the band and uh, for like the the poignant conversation. Awesome, man. Thanks for the feedback. Love it. Take care. Have a good one. You too, man. Catch ya. 
You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Aaron Pauley from the group of Mice and Men. Thanks so much for tuning in.